When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Pro day season. It's not just for draft eligible prospects. Cam Newton, the former number one overall pick in the draft, was at his alma mater's pro day on Thursday, Tuesday. Through for scouts, shows that he still has it, but will it actually lead to Cam winding up on an NFL roster? This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedel with you as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And I remember seeing video of this surfacing on social media yesterday, 60-yard bombs that Cam Newton was throwing. I never had any doubt, Nick, that he could still launch the football a very long way. I mean, the guy is 6'5", 245 pounds. He hasn't really lost any of that and what makes him an intimidating presence at the quarterback position. I just worry about the time off and what that shoulder underneath all of that actually looks like if he were to get back onto an NFL team. That has to be the biggest concern at this point, Courtney, because anybody who watched Cam in those last few days, not only as a Patriot a couple years ago, but then he had that short stint back with the Panthers, he just looked like a shell of what we knew him as before. It happens to anybody who plays in the NFL. Nobody can play at the same high level forever. just didn't seem like he was moving the same way. It didn't seem like uh, that shoulder was going to hold up after he got hit uh, time after time in a game. Now, I'm with you. I saw those YouTube clips, and I'm going, oh, 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 oh. he wanted to prove a point. But the question to me is, if you're Cam Newton and you're used to being in the limelight and the center of attention on every team that you've played on, basically, throughout your football career, what happens when somebody says, eh, I like you, Cam, but I just don't like you as a starter anymore? He put out a video before he went to do this pro day where it was him working out, and he said, I can't believe, and I'm paraphrasing here, how these randoms keep getting jobs. And he's referring to the 32 starting quarterbacks, not all of them, because we know that Patrick Mahomes, for example, does not fall into the mix of randoms who keep getting jobs. But it's a conversation we have all the time, Nick, about quarterbacks who are playing versus those who are not playing and wondering, hey, could this player who is either a backup or out of the league be better than such and such that's playing right now? I think back to the New York Jets, a team that's in the news right now because they traded Elijah Moore in a third round pick to the Browns in exchange for a second round pick. That conversation around Zach Wilson last year of put anything with a pulse in it quarterback, and it would probably play better than Zach Wilson. That's hyperbole, but that's the conversation that is always going to be around the quarterback position. It's the most important position in sports, and certainly if you don't have a good one in the NFL, it usually limits the potential of any team. But how far can Cam Newton go with this? Like, let's say his pro day was great, and there are some teams that are interested in signing him. What would they be interested in signing him as? Here's Kimberly Martin, who was on Greeny this morning. I've had GMs and execs say, 
Cam has made it known he does not want to be a backup. Cam would be on a roster if Cam was open to being a backup. So I understand he's, he's positioning himself as somebody who's being sort of mistreated because he's not getting a shot. I think he'd have a shot if he wanted to be a backup and maybe supplant the guy. But that's really where things are. If he only wants to be a starter, that's why the well is sort of run dry. Geno Smith was 32 years old this past season, and he didn't start out in Seattle as the starting quarterback. Remember, that was supposed to be the job of Drew Locke, who was traded from Denver to Seattle. Drew Locke, several years younger than Geno Smith. Geno was a backup whose only chance to stay in the league was to remain in that number two role. Injuries, COVID, all of the circumstances that forced Gino into the spot where he was comeback player of the year, got himself a fat new contract. That is not the norm. That does not happen all that often. If you are 33 years old, like Cam Newton, dealing with significant health issues throughout your career, it wasn't just the first hit that he took week five or six of the 2016 season in his shoulder that led to multiple shoulder injuries. He eventually had to have surgery on that shoulder a couple years later. There was the Liz Frank injury that he had in the preseason in 2019. Those concerns, coupled with the fact that if you bring this guy into the building, with as boisterous as his personality is, there's no one's doubting he was a good quarterback when he was at his best and when he was healthy. But let's say you're a team that wants to sign an inexpensive veteran, whatever that deal would look like for Cam Newton, and also draft somebody. How do you think that's going to go over in the quarterback room? Do you want to set yourself up for failure for somebody who thinks there's a bunch of quote-unquote randoms in the NFL right now playing the quarterback position, gunning for the spot of the person he's supposed to be more or less guiding along in this process to help become what he was, a successful quarterback in the NFL? I just feel like you're putting oil with water and expecting those two things to congeal, and they absolutely will not when you look at this situation and knowing where Cam Newton is in his career and also the experiment we last saw play out in 2021 when he was with the Panthers and they drafted a rookie that year with Mac Jones. I don't think teams want history repeating itself, Nick. Courtney, the word here is ego and Cam built up quite a healthy one after what he accomplished at Auburn, what he did with the Panthers, but this is why any NFL team that is looking at this workout or trying to figure out whether or not they'd want to sign him has to factor in that that's just not a situation you want to put yourself in. You and I cover big-time pro sports. You're around these NFL locker rooms all the time. I'm in NBA rooms all the time. In order to have a successful team, you need a rhythm within that room. And if somebody comes in in a role that they don't want to be in and they don't feel comfortable in and they think they're better than the guy that's ahead of them, You are destined for failure, and just how long that takes, only time will tell. But if you're Cam Newton and you don't believe you're a backup, then why, if you're an NFL team, would you feel comfortable signing him to your team? The video he put out ahead of his pro day, I don't know if he ended up speaking with teams while he was there, but they certainly have his number. He's a free agent quarterback. They can contact him at any time. There's a reason if you are still sitting out there, I mean, your interest has been known and it's been known before this pro day that you believe that you are still capable of playing football at a very high level and being in the NFL. 
But the type of role that you desire versus the one that teams would actually be interested in signing you for seems like the uh, the lost in translation comes maybe with that part and that that's the only way he could get in. He'd have to change his expectations. And that's a tough thing to do for somebody who had been a starting quarterback for so, so many years at a very high level. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app straight ahead. More on Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. Is he ready to move on? We're going to get into that with ESPN NFL analyst Sam Macho after Nick tells you this about Indeed. Want to streamline your hiring for the springtime? Then you need Indeed, the powerful hiring platform that allows you to, to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Just sponsor a post and you'll instantly receive a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Invite them to apply, and you can even schedule and conduct interviews all from your employer dashboard. See why Indeed delivers four more hires than any other job site, according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com credit. Kenny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle, sitting in for the guys on this Wednesday afternoon. The book is titled Change Starts With You, Following Your Fire to Heal a Broken World, and it is available now. The author, nine-year NFL veteran linebacker, and our good friend, ESPN NFL analyst, Sam Acho. And Sam... This is not your first venture into the book writing world. This is your second project. And I'm wondering the process of creating this book, the difference from the first title that you released a few years ago, Let the World See You. Now, Courtney, I appreciate that question. And Nick, good to be on with you all. This book was so much different than the first one. And I don't know I, I, I don't know if I feel good or feel bad about this. A lot of people who have read it are like, man, I love this book. It's so much better than your first, Michael. Did that? Was the first one that bad? <laughs> you know, like, I'm serious. I'm like, my dad was like, oh man, the first book was cool, but this one, I'm like, come on, dad. Like, at least, you know what I mean? But um, I think the biggest difference is that my first book is really a book about, like, the first book's called Let the, Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. So really a book about, like, identity and imposter syndrome and, like, who are you, like, at your core and how do you stop trying to fit in, but really be who I believe that like God made you to be or be who you think, you know, just be you, you know, that's really like what the book's about. So it's like this encouraging, all this thing. but this second book change starts with you. It's much more of a challenge book, right? This, this idea of like, Hey man, let's freaking go. Like, let's go. Like those dreams that you've been sitting on, stand up and go after them. Right. Those thoughts that's been percolating in your mind. Like it's time to go from like listening to actioning from like thinking about it to actually moving on it. And so like the first book, it was very easy in a lot of ways to write. It was like an emotional piece, right? Because, you know, it's just like hard stuff and imposter syndrome and all these things. And But this book is more of a book about, like, where are the people and who are the places and what are the things that, like, have been waiting for your attention? And what if now's the time to address them, whether it's about, like, race or it's about like, injustice, even in the workplace, or if it's about like, man, I want to be a better dad or a better mom or like, you know, better partner to my son, like whatever it is, like, what if there's a way to actually address those things and stop sitting on the sidelines? So this book was a lot more challenging for me to write because I can't just write about it and be like, oh yeah, everybody was like, no, I got to live it out myself. And so that's the difference in change starts with you following your fire to heal a broken world. Sam, where did the desire to write this specific book on the topics you just outlined come from for you? So Nick, it really came as a response to 2020 
COVID, sports canceled, everything canceled, but then George Floyd gets killed and Ahmaud Arbery gets killed. And society is like, there's no distraction. Like we're all looking, it's like, dude, what's going on? I remember I like a lot of some of the stuff you just, like you compartmentalize or you just kind of repress and like you don't process. And I almost like had no choice, started like processing, dude, what is going on? And what, and what if there was something I could do about it? Like we all cover athletes and sometimes spend time around athletes and sometimes people like I, I was retired. I, I was done playing. But it's like, what if there was still an opportunity to make an impact, even though I'm not currently playing anymore? And so after like some tears and some pain and some fear and some frustration, I reached out to a local nonprofit leader in Chicago and I said, hey, what do y'all need? Like, what do you need from me? I, I don't know what I can do, but what do you need? And she said, honestly, Sam, like, we don't need your money. We don't need your fame. Your whatever. We need you. We need you to come and just listen to some of the kids in our community some of the black and brown kids on the West side of Chicago who like are watching their community get torn down, watching people who look like them get get like that. They just need someone to listen. And I was like, all right, I have ears. I can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that listening turned into something more. I started inviting some friends. Like one thing about me, I love people. So I started inviting some friends of guys play for the bulls, the cubs, the bears, the Blackhawks, the white Sox, Chicago sky, uh, Brittany Payton, right? Walter Payton's daughter. We just said, Hey, what if we came together and just listened, invited police officers as well. And so we, we, we did. And after listening, we decided to look. We actually took a tour of the west side of Chicago. And Courtney, you're super familiar with Chicago, right? You covered the Bears, covered a lot of the Chicago teams. Like we went to Austin, the Austin neighborhood on the west side. And talked and listened to the kids. And then we also took a tour. And in that tour, yes, we saw buildings boarded up. We saw broken glass on the ground. But even more so, we saw a community that it seemed like society had turned its back on. Like I was on the bus with Jason Hayward, right? World Series champion, like all things. I was with the Dodgers, but back then with the Cubs. And I said, Jason, how many, like we've been on this bus for like 20, 30 minutes, maybe 15 at the time. I said, how many grocery stores have you seen? He said, I don't know, maybe one. I said, okay, cool. How many liquor stores have you counted on our 20 minutes or 15 minutes on this bus so far? He said, over 10. And we both were like, dude, this is a problem. But what if we didn't stop at the problem? And what if we went to towards a solution? And so the very next week, sports are canceled, right? So all these athletes had time, right? There was no spring training. There was no March Madness. There was no football, right? No, no hockey, nothing. So Jason Hayward, uh, Jason Kipnis, Jonathan Taves, Malcolm Subban, Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson, Diamond DeShields, Lucas Giolito, Ryan Archidiacono, Max Struess, right? That's Bulls, Cubs, Bears, Blackhawks, White Sox, Chicago Sky, right? We all got together again the next week and just sat down with some kids from the community and said, and like, mind you, these are like super, these are like captains, superstars, like world series champions, MVPs, like NHL. like all the, And we said, Hey, where do y'all get your, like, would you want a food mart in your community? And like, yeah, we'd love one to the kids, 14 to 15 year old kids, 13 year old kids. We said, where do you get your, where do you get your food from right now? They said, I mean, I don't know, McDonald's and the gas station. I'm like the gas station. They're like, yeah. We said, where do you get something healthy, like healthy food? They said, Sam, we want healthy food or organic food. We have to commute 45 minutes to the next city. Mm. So, yes, we would love a food mart in our community. And so with that, these superstar athletes that we all see on TV and we watch, there was no sport. So we just kept on meeting week after week after week. We would go back to the west side of Chicago, Court, you know this area well. And we'd meet with these kids and we'd dream with them. And say, what do you want to build? And in the meantime, in the background, we were raising some money. We raised about like half a million dollars, right? Partnered with a local nonprofit. They raised some more money. 
and we bought up one of these liquor stores and turned it into a food mart that the kids run. And man, I shouldn't say kids, I should say the young entrepreneurs run and they manage. And so this book at its core is this idea of like, hey man, let's go, like let's freaking go find a need and fill it. You may be the only person, I, like I think about you, Courtney, and like the waves you've made, not only like in media, but like even specifically like on TV, on the shows you're a part of, like the doors you're opening. Right, Nick, you've been in so much stuff where it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that like we'd be able to like, like what if there's needs that need to be met that you have an opportunity to fill? So that's what the book's about. Change starts with you following your fire to heal a broken world. Two-time Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Chicago Bears, Sam Macho, explaining in depth about that project, turning Belmont cut rate liquors on the west side into a place that helped uh, helped squash the food desert in that area. And you can read more about that in his book, The Change Starts With You, Following Your Fire to Heal a Broken World, available wherever you get your books, available right now. Sam, let's pivot into the world of the NFL when the first wave of free agency is over. Several teams now sitting with a need at quarterback and if somebody that we might not have expected – to try to be entering the mix is Cam Newton. He held a pro day, or at least he was part of Auburn's pro day yesterday, through in front of scouts and executives. And I just don't know how much this is actually going to move the needle because I think about what Cam said in that video where he's talking about how do these randoms keep getting jobs? And if you're thinking as a general manager, somebody who's putting a roster together, how do you bring somebody in with a persona like that and somebody who you'd have to build an offense around as a backup. Do you see any path for him onto an NFL roster just knowing what Cam Newton was when he was in the NFL and how difficult a task that might be? So for me, I don't think about the – what I think about more than anything is like people say, okay, what what have you put on tape? You know what I mean? Like, sure, like, oh, man, you're doing a pro day. And, maybe, and sometimes like scouts are human. So you see something on social media or you actually go and watch somebody like, oh man, maybe there's an opportunity. But man, some of the last times that I saw Cam, there was still seemed like some of that injury to that shoulder. Like that's my biggest concern more than anything, right? Like if somebody can help you win, they'll help you win, period. Um, but if you're not healthy, and that's the thing, I didn't, I didn't watch the full pro day, I saw a few throw, but my thing is like, man, like that shoulder, is that thing fully healthy? If it is, I think you get, bring them in for a workout. See how we see, see, give him a shot. But if it's not, that's my biggest hammer with the Patriots. It was like, man, even in the preseason, the battle of Mac Jones, it was like, man, that, that doesn't look like the cam I used to watch just from a, just from even like this, the, the throwing motion perspective, his shoulder didn't look healthy and maybe it wasn't right. This is, you know, two, however many years ago, maybe it is now, but that'd be my biggest thing as a general manager. Are you healthy? Once we get that check, We'll get that box checked. Then we can have further conversations. Sam, this Lamar Jackson conversation continues to hover over the entire league. As you look at it as a former player, do you think we're getting closer to a point where Lamar just says, you know what? I am done being a Raven. I don't want to be in Baltimore anymore because of the way they've jerked me around on this deal. Yes. (laughs) I got another better way to say it. Like, I know, I, I believe, I know, I mean, let's say I believe um, that he still wants to be in Baltimore, right? I have some friends who play for the Ravens, and even Clayus Campbell, right? He said it publicly a few weeks ago. About, you know, he said Lamar wants to be here. But sometimes human nature doesn't always align with your desires. 
So, like, human nature is like, man, I want this, but, man, y'all are starting to, if y'all aren't giving me what I think I deserve, maybe I should go somewhere else where someone does value me. And, yes, you know, no, the grass isn't always greener, but, man, sometimes those feelings uh, matter, you know what I mean? And so sometimes people make decisions based off of feelings. I think the best decision, best case scenario, maybe not best, but most likely scenario is maybe you'll play under the tag this year and see what happens next. Um, but with people and with conversations and with emotions, like, yes, they're athletes, we're athletes, all these things, but it's like, man, like I'm a person too. And I believe I have value. And if you don't see my value, maybe someone else does. And so that's why I think there definitely is a possibility of Lamar going somewhere else. Do I think it'll happen? I'm still on the no, more of a no than a yes, but the possibility definitely continues and probably continues to rise as the days move forward. ESPN NFL analyst Sam Acho joining Courtney Cronin, Nick Ferdell here on Canty and Carlin. There's been a big deal made about Lamar and self-representing and the type of hiccups that might be causing this entire negotiating process. But we do know that the NFLPA has been advising, not negotiating, but advising Lamar Jackson in this process. I know that you were a huge part of the NFLPA as a player over your nine-year career. What does that look like from the PA's side of things? Like how do they go about Lamar, advising Lamar when they can't exactly be the ones having the conversations with prospective teams? Well, what the NFLPA can do and what they do do, like they have access to every single contract that has been signed. And so what, when, when agents, you know, and players, you know, sign contracts, you got to send it to the PA, not necessarily for approval, but just for kind of documentation. And so if you're wondering, okay, well, what's, what is each player getting? What's the guarantee? All these things. Like, you know, what's a fair value? What's the market value? You know, hey, what are, what are, what's kind of been the trends over the last few years? What's the salary cap looking like? like? So all this information is readily available, and the NFLPA has this information as well. Um, and so so I, I think it's so it's the question of, like, okay, like, what can they do? They can provide them with as much information as possible of what everyone is getting, especially if you want to go specifically as quarterbacks, what are the quarterbacks getting over the last 10 years, over the last five years, this year, like you have all that information to be able to know what your quote value is. You have that idea of what the salary cap is, like how much each team is spending and all this information is readily available as well. And so um, that's, I think, a, um, I'm going to say a, a negative or necessarily a positive, but it's a, it's someone you could have in your corner per se. Um, now to the point of representation of like, should he have an agent or not? Like I'm still of the vein of, and I've seen guys negotiate deals without agents and do a great job of that, you know? And so I think about, you know, guys like Richard Sherman towards the end of his career, guys like Bobby Wagner, um, I've seen it done before. And so I think we, I believe that there is somewhat of an overstatement of, man, he's got to have an agent. That's the reason why he's not signing. Cause you might have an agent, but oftentimes you, you're supposed to tell your agent, Hey agent, this is what I want. Your agent might tell you, hey, you're not going to get it. But if you're still saying, I'm not taking anything less, then, you know, maybe your agent talks you down a bit and says, well, if you want to, you know, stay here, then you got to take this. Well, you might still say, you know what, I know what I want. I know what I'm worth. And so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of where part of this piece stands. 
And even recently, Laramie Tunzel, the Houston Texans left tackle, just signed a three-year $75 million extension with $50 million in guarantees, and he did it by representing himself, once again becoming the highest-paid left tackle in the NFL. So there's very clearly examples of this working out. We'll see if it ends up working out for Lamar Jackson's and Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens or if he ends up signing somewhere else to play in 2023. The book is titled Change Starts With You, Following Your Fire to Heal a Broken World, and it is available now. The author, Sam Acho, nine-year NFL veteran linebacker and our good friend here at ESPN Radio. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, Nick. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. You couldn't have scripted a more perfect end to the WBC final. Japan taking home the crown over the United States on Tuesday. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle with you on this Wednesday, presented by Progressive Insurance. Shohei Otani, one of the biggest stars in baseball, in a relief pitcher outing. He had a 3-2 count at the top of the ninth. He ends up striking out his Los Angeles Angels teammate, Mike Trout, to give the Japan team its win in this World Baseball Classic, the third time they have won. It, just like all of the superlatives that's, that stand out from this. So he leads all pitchers in innings during the World Baseball Classic. He's tied with the, for the longest home run, which is 448 feet that he hit over Australia. The hardest hit batted ball, 118 0.7 miles an hour on a double against the Czech Republic tied for the fastest pitch thrown most innings pitched like he hits he pitches he's probably worth a billion dollars at this point and I know he's not going to get a contract like that but when it comes to Shohei Otani Nick Friedel who's set to be a free agent after this season the Brinks truck and maybe like five Brinks trucks are going to end up backing up to get his services, whether it's Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, or somewhere else. Somebody is going to pay Shohei Otani and he will probably become the richest player ever 
in Major League Baseball history. He should get every single cent he desires, Courtney, because he is that good. And if there's one takeaway for me coming out of last night and seeing what he did to close things down for Japan and doing so against his teammate Mike Trout, it's that he is the very, very best. And there wasn't and hasn't been much of a question about that for the last few years as we've watched him develop in Major League Baseball, but he's just better than everybody else. He is the guy. And I'll give you some anecdotal evidence as to how big last night was for people not only in Japan, but people here in the States that were celebrating uh, their, their home country's win. I'm at the Nets game. I'm walking out of Barclays Center. And Yuto Watanabe, who plays for the Nets, he used to play for the Raptors, He's from Japan. He walked out of the Nets locker room beaming, Courtney. Huge smile on his face with an Otani jersey. And he said, that guy is a god right now in Japan. He's like, I play in the NBA. I want. I look up to him because I see what he's been able to accomplish, and I see what he continues to do, and it makes me want to work harder. Otani's impact not only on baseball, but all across the world – Doing what he continues to do is palpable. Yeah. I mean, he's he's an all-star in every sense of the word. I mean, it's amazing how the national pastime in Japan is so different from our national pastime here. It's no longer baseball. It's football in the United States. But think about how big of a star he is here when baseball is maybe like the second or third most watched sport of like the quote-unquote big four. Then imagine what he is in Japan playing there, getting to play for his home country, a team that went 7-0 and in the World Baseball Classic, the second-ever team to finish the WBC undefeated. 2013 Dominican Republic team did that as well. And for what this means for his future, he's 28 years old. We have so many more years. Injury concerns maybe in the future aside and, you know, play slowing down, whatever. We have so many more years of Shohei Otani to see him at his peak. And so all that he did for Japan in the World Baseball Classic and all that he can continue to do in his career – as someone who, you know, doesn't watch a whole lot of Angels baseball because it's a team that perennially finishes one either third or fourth in the A in the AL West. They haven't been to the playoffs since before Shohei Otani arrived in two thousand eighteen. I would frankly like to see him on a team where he can actually win something and do this and, and show that it matters more than just a regular season. If Artie Moreno, the longtime owner of the Los Angeles Angels, who said he was like exploring the process of selling the franchise and that he ended up back down from that because there's, quote, unfinished business to accomplish under his watch. If he doesn't pay Shohei Otani, there will be someone out there that does. How much can Shohei Otani command in free agency? Buster Olney, ESPN senior Major League Baseball insider, thinks it will start at a minimum of half a billion dollars. I think the Angels will keep him throughout the year. Their owner, Artie Moreno, is on the record as saying, if we're competing, we're going to keep him, and then he'll become a free agent. And Brian, the question at that point is, 
is, is the offer that he signs start with the number five or start with the number six. $500 million plus, $600 million plus. I think it's going to be $600 million plus because there's nobody else in baseball that can do what he can do, that can replicate his production, replicate his marketability. We're going to be talking about him through the trade deadline. We're going to be talking about him going into the offseason and all the way through free agency. Mets, Dodgers, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Mariners, and the Angels trying to keep him. He's going to have enormous bidding for the best player in the world. Well, we know Steve Cohen, money is not a thing to him. $500 million might be a drop in the bucket to get Shohei Otani. The most recent deals that we saw earlier this offseason, Aaron Judge signing the gargantuan nine-year $360 million after tying the AL home run record in 2022 season. Reigning Cy Young, AL, AL Cy Young Award winner, pitcher, Justin Verlander, he has an $86.6 million contract with the Mets, and that would tie him with Max Scherzer, highest-paid pitchers in Major League Baseball. They each make $43.3 million on an average basis. So if you combine both of those things together, Aaron Judge's annual contract and the annual amount that Max Scherzer makes, that's roughly like $83, $84 million a year. Like, maybe I'm crazy. I wouldn't say that that's too much to pay Shohei Otani on an average annual basis when you think about somebody who can pitch like a Cy Young winner and hit moonshots every single night. Courtney, the other part to exactly what you're describing is this is a guy everywhere he goes who's going to sell out the park. This is a guy who, as soon as he hits your team, is going to absolutely multiply tenfold the amount of money you can make and the amount of money your organization is worth because everybody will come out to see a worldwide celebrity at this point. He is just so unique in what he's able to do. So on top of what he provides on the field, the part about Shohei that hasn't been fully explored yet is just how much money he can make for a club in all their other dealings off of it. Yeah, I mean, he's a star, and he is a face of this league. I just – how many times have we said this? I mean, we've said it with his teammate, Mike Trout, who was one of the most, you know, recognizable uh, – using air quotes on that – recognizable faces in baseball, yet Major League Baseball didn't market him to a point where he was a household name. Even with Aaron Judge – in the home run race last summer, that was a an organic way to market a superstar playing in pinstripes for one of the most storied organizations in sports. Shohei Otani has been gifted to you by Japan on a silver platter. Here's this mythical unicorn. I mean, Marcus Stroman, a Cubs pitcher, yesterday <laughs> called him called him as much when he was tweeting about him after the game, saying, "Pay him whatever he wants." <laughs> this is someone that Major League Baseball like it's. It's almost like foolproof. The guy is is one of a kind. Pitching the way that he is, hitting the way that he is. He's 28 years old. Even if you gave him a 10-year contract, we know that players end up, you know, kind of waning at a certain point of their career. He could become this hybrid player for the Angels or any other team at that point. 
either way, he's going to get paid. I just hope that Major League Baseball has the sort of marketing and brand power behind Shohei Otani to make him the next big thing in baseball because it's been far too long since we've had a player like that who is a one-name player. People just calling him Shohei because he certainly could end up becoming that player, but he's going to need a little bit of help from Major League Baseball. Also going to need to get paid first and paid soon. We'll be following his free agency very closely throughout the 2023 season. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance by visiting progressivecommercial.com. Don't expect to hear much on the Aaron Rodgers front. That's said, that is being said by one Packers executive who said he can't talk about the situation, yet he continues to talk about the situation. That's next here on Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Yesterday, World Poetry Day. I don't know if that was on your calendar, Nick Ferdell. Nick Ferdell, Courtney Cronin here on this. Courtney, Wednesday do I look afternoon. like the type of person that's rattling off poetry? Absolutely. You sound like it, too. I mean, we, <laughs> some people would pay to have that bass that you have in your voice. You have I mean, it naturally. I, I would I, sit. I would listen to you at a poetry slam in Brooklyn on a Wednesday night any day of the week. I mean, I got to get my, my true hipster on in order to make this happen. Maybe one day. One day. Okay. Well, somebody else who has great bass in their voice, just like Nick, but Nick has the best laugh at ESPN, period, not just ESPN radio, is our good friend over at NBA Today, Kendrick Perkins. So in honor of World Poetry Day, Kendrick Perkins has this poem for you. Take a listen. I missed World Poetry Day yesterday, so I had to get in my bag. When the world expects you to zig, Big Perk likes to zag. They say I have a way with words, so check this poem out right here. Cause when I get finished, you'll be calling me the Black Shakespeare. It's three weeks to the playoffs, and it will be drama indeed. I stand by my title pick of Philly, led by Harden and Embiid. The C's and Bucks have left the Eastern Conference just small. Richard's calf aren't too bad either. Oh, by the way, bro, you still ball. Out west, the Kings keep lighting the beam up like no other. Finally rolling into the playoffs like their NorCal big brother. Speaking of the dubs, has the dynasty finally fallen? Can't count them out just yet. On the big stage, they always balling. 
Down in Hollywood, the script will be something to see. Will it be a storybook ending for Austin Reeves or LeBron in AD? In my home state of Texas, plenty of riveting TV. Not talking about the Spurs or the Rockets, but of course, Luka and Kyrie. The book and CP can't wait to play with their new top toy. But KD's home debut still awaits because of that dang mock boy. I didn't forget about the Thunder, Knicks, Wolves, or the Heat. I wasn't wasting my breath about teams that will be beat. When I check my Twitter, those team fans will be in a tizzy. But make no mistake, I feel the same way about Denver and the Grizzlies. Some other team playoff chances have long been very gone. I hope you get Wimbenyamba and to then carry the hell on. Man, I was like just clapping over here, like just in awe. Go Black Shakespeare. I love it. That was Kendrick Perkins, the voice of NBA Today, the voice of poetry here at ESPN. You see him on (laughs) NBA Today, Countdown, First Take. I want to see him and Stephen A. do that on First Take together. Maybe go back and forth one of these days in uh, rhythmic style. I want to know if Perk actually wrote that, Courtney. I mean, he said he wanted to celebrate World Poetry Day. He was a day late on it, and he had to get in his bag. I wouldn't think that he would put that out there if he didn't end up writing it. Maybe he got – I'm not even going to speculate whether he did it or he did, so somebody else might have helped him with it. I think that that was his idea, and he came up with all of that himself, and it all rhymed perfectly. It all fit together perfectly. And, uh, you know, I – I need to hear it again at some point. I think that might be my new alarm clock in the morning. <laughs> I love it. Well done, Kendrick Perkins. Well done. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Courtney Cronin and Nick Friedel with you. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance. An injury update out of the Big Easy. Zion Williamson, who we have not seen on the floor in quite some time, has been cleared to return for a basketball activity, he will be reevaluated in two weeks. His right hamstring strain that has kept him out since January 2nd. So that two-week reevaluation mark, Nick, would take him to about April 5th. And the Pelicans have three regular season games remaining at that point. They would have Memphis, New York, Minnesota. So maybe he can get back on the floor for that. Maybe I'm skeptical. And I know this is a different injury than the one he had last year that kept him out the entire season with his foot, I believe. Is that right? I think so. Foot, Everything's ankle, whichever it was. Now. Like, I hear he might come back. He's been cleared to return. He might come back. And I'm just like, all right, call me when it happens because we've seen this happen too many times before where we've been given a rehab timeline for Zion Williamson and it never ends up panning out for one reason or another. I am sad as a basketball fan, not just somebody who covers the league, Courtney, that this guy just cannot stay on the floor. He can't be trusted to be out there. He is an unbelievable player when he plays. He just very rarely plays. And we've spent a lot of the last two days discussing John Morant and how the league was trying to help him and push him to become the next face or one of the faces of the NBA. They were doing the same thing with Zion Williamson. They would love nothing more. We, as a company at ESPN, would love nothing more than Zion to be the player that everybody thought he could be. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And for a variety of different reasons, that's the case. But I'll believe it when I see it, when I see Zion on the floor and 
being able to consistently contribute to a team that wins. All right, the Pelicans, 35-37, and 37, tied right now with the Lakers for 11th place in the Western Conference standings, one and a half games out of the sixth-place spot and being able to avoid playing in the play-in tournament to get into the postseason. They were 23-14 and 14 when Williamson was injured in January, and they have stumbled from there on out. Brandon Ingram was injured. He came back, but not having Zion certainly affecting this New Orleans Pelicans team as they are trying to make a push into the postseason. Straight ahead, we'll get into the Packers sound as promised. you got to hear this from Mark Murphy, Packers president, allegedly sworn to secrecy. That's next, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.